Welcome to another episode of the CC Podcast Conversations, where inspiring Christians share their faith-filled stories. Please take a moment to subscribe to this podcast, leave a five-star rating, and write a review. This helps push our content to a broader audience. Are you new to listening? Check out our other podcasts. First, the CC Podcast Daily Dose Devotions, where we're walking through the Bible, focusing on short clips of Scripture. Second is the CC Broadcast, where our weekly radio programming is archived. These podcasts are available wherever you're listening or at christiancrusaders.org. Okay, let's get started with today's episode. Here's our host, Matt Reister, the Executive Director of Christian Crusaders. Hey everybody, Matt Reister, CC Podcast, Conversations. We're bringing to you inspiring stories from interesting Christians. Yeah. We're at the National Religious Broadcasters Convention 2022. Andrew Nordstrom is producing these podcasts fast. We're getting all quick. Yep. Great work, Andrew. Thanks for being here. And oh, yeah. Out. Well, I, I, we got the one from Casey Bathard up last night, and, and uh, we've got a couple of them, two or three of them at least, popping up today. It's going to be great. This is going to be an interview with Jim David. Jim David is a movie producer, director, and mm-hmm. uh, he's up for an award at the NRB convention here, an award for a documentary that he put together called A Strong Finish. Okay. And uh, he talked about that along with a couple other projects he's been involved in. We talked about the quality gap in Christian film yeah. versus like Hollywood film. He yeah, had some absolutely. interesting thoughts into that. You're a movie. I'm a movie guy, yeah, uh-huh, yeah. absolutely. So what do we got to do? There have been some good Christian films. There have been some good ones, but there have also been, you know, I, I, I can think of a couple that I went to, um, you know, where, you know, just kind of you get there and you're like, yeah, this is a little bit cheesy, you know, or, or whatever. And it's just like... The word we used in the interview was hokey. Yeah, exactly. Um, and, uh, but yeah, it, 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 you can see walking around, even in the exhibit hall here today, you can see walking around, there, there's a lot of people raising their game uh, on Big a lot time. of things. Um, I can actually see a booth right down from us. Um, there's, there's one that looks like a, a pretty cool kind of like a... Uh, like an American Revolutionary War movie right down there. Yep. That, that looks pretty great. And then right beyond that, there's there's one that's a, a Bible trivia game that it's got all kinds of like cool graphics and like you're leveling up and, and answering all these questions. And it's like the artwork is, is like, it looks like top level. Like it looks like, you know, something you would find like a, a secular trivia game, like a really high budget, high quality. And that's encouraging to me, like that the people are, you know, coming around to put the same kind of money and effort and time into to faith based face yeah excellence into faith based uh, content that that has been going on. Um, I like to think I'd like to think in our own small way, Andrew. You and I are part of helping raise oh I hope Christian so Crusaders game. yeah. Though there was one uh, there's one booth over there that has a has a quarter million dollar McLaren car. And uh, I feel like we should maybe get one of those here <laughs> next year. I, think, I mean, it might be most of our annual budget. We might not be able to be on the radio at all, but at least we'd have a cool car to put to park in our booth. <laughs> I haven't seen that yet. I haven't walked around at all. I need to do that. Yeah. But uh, before I got a break now, so, so I'm going to be able to do some of that now. Uh, yeah. yeah, you're going to enjoy this interview with Jim David insight into the Christian film industry and you're going to want to check out his film sounds like uh, really powerful things and he was really on board with what we're saying like you yeah. saying Christian film has got to raise their game and he's kind of said he's kind of a type A OCD guy that's great who wants to see us that's get a better. Genie, yeah and uh, so thank you so much Jim David for sitting down with us yep. God bless his work 
Andrew, God bless your work as you go produce this. Oh, thanks. And uh, everybody who's listening, tune in. We're going to have a bunch of content on the CC Podcast Conversations all week long yep. as we crank out a bunch of these great interviews at NRB 2022. Thanks for tuning in. Hey everybody, Matt Reister here with the CC Podcast Conversations. I've got another great interview at the National Religious Broadcasters Convention 2022. We're in Nashville. I'm with Jim David. Hello, Jim. Hello, how are you? I'm excited to be here. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. It's great to have you. And everybody is used to listening to our podcast from in a studio. So, I mean, you're a filmmaker. You hear all this noise. Maybe it's like driving you crazy that we can't shoot, but we don't care about the background noise. <laughs> We're just having a casual conversation, and if we're not stressed out about it, our listeners don't need to be stressed about it, so we'll dive into it. So, Jim, David, first of all, Jim, David, you got two first names. I do. You know, like Larry David, on, on the one of Seinfeld. the creators of Seinfeld? Exactly. <laughs> That's good. So, uh, James and David, you must have grown up in a Christian home. Those I, are two Bible names. Yeah, you know, I did. I, did. I grew up in a Christian home. Uh, I was lucky to have a really strong foundation. My dad was a... Sunday school superintendent, and so he's always volunteering and helping at the church, and I accepted the Lord personally when I was eight, and so, yeah, I had Bible camps and, you know, Bible memorization, all those things. You live in Phoenix now. I do. Where did you grow up? So I grew up, I was born in Pennsylvania, I grew up in Connecticut, and then, you know, later on I moved to the Midwest. Uh, I've, I've actually been in all 50 states, so I've... Where were you at the Midwest? Michigan and uh, Grand Rapids. Okay. We're in Northeast Iowa. So oh, okay. those are the Big Ten states. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I've got a friend that lives up in Holland. So oh, okay, the Tulip Festival. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. There's some be- in Traverse City, you go up to the north there. It's just beautiful. Yeah. Western Michigan, it's all so pretty. Awesome. So you are here promoting some films that you are making, and you were just saying before we turned the uh, recording on that you're used to being behind the camera. You don't necessarily like being... The, the object or the subject of the interview so it's unco- it's a, yeah it can get uncomfortable and it's a it's a it makes me though actually really appreciate what how I ask questions and how I interview other people and then it's it's hard and I I think it's always good to trade places right with someone that you, when yeah. you when you're working or what someone else does because it makes you understand maybe their trepidation or their anxiety and yeah. so yeah so you've done uh, some documentary stuff. You, you're doing your first feature film. I want to get into some of that eventually. But tell me your story. Uh, how did you come to faith? You said you grew up in this Christian home. I mean, have you been a believer and walking with the Lord since the day you were born or in this as a kid? Or what, what's your faith story? And then how did you get to the place where you're making films? What else did you do before you jumped into that arena? It's been a... a- a crazy crooked road. Uh, sometimes you look back and you're like, how did I get here? And so it's at the same time I can see though how all those experiences have helped, you know, uh, give me what I need to, to, the Lord's put those in my life for a reason. I uh, definitely, uh, when I was in my 20s, I, I, I walked away from attending church. I didn't, I didn't walk away from my faith or anything, but I walked yeah. away from attending church. And I think I kind of, I got hurt by some people in the church. And so I, I started to just saying, you know what? All right, God, you and me, I can do this. And then I realized though, just surrounded by friends and none of them were believers. And I realized 
I was not growing closer to the Lord. I was just like slowly sinking away. And so I, I, the Lord had that in my heart to go, you know, go seek him out. And so I started like going, looking for a good church to get into. I was still single at the time. I'm married today. And, and I think, uh, so as I, as I took those steps, it was a process and I started attending, I moved to New York, attended Redeemer, where Tim Keller preaches, and mm-hmm. he was talking a lot on community, and it wasn't something I liked hearing. You, know, like, you really need to get involved in small groups and connect with people, and so it was a process, and I think I had to realize over time I had to keep my eyes on Christ, because otherwise... You know, yeah, there's a lot of people in churches for different reasons, and some can hurt you just like in regular life. And yeah. I think my expectations on Christians were different, you yeah. know, and I've had to realign that. So I think that as I've, you know, those can be the waves that take your eyes off of the Lord, you know, like yeah. blaming people and other things like that. So for me, it was learning to keep my eyes on Christ, knowing why I'm, why I'm, you know, pursuing, you know, my life and what I'm living for and then that that's allowed me to get through those bumps as they come yeah so what did you do before you got into filmmaking you had a different profession right I did I was in I was in mortgages and finance and I was doing creative stuff on the side on the weekends and I really loved it I've always had a camera you know since like uh, late high school like still photos or video still photos yeah and not not so much video I mean you know those big had more camcorders you know to to put me date yeah. my age a little bit, but yeah. I, I, I started to uh, just really, really took to a camera. Like wedding photos, senior photos, stuff like that. Or? Well, I was I would find topics like I'd go in Michigan when we had moved out there in my high school. I started doing like lighthouses and kind yeah. of like more history stuff. Or yeah. maybe, again, there maybe some documentary was always hidden in the, you know in the, underneath that I can't that I never you know realized. But yeah. I. It was funny. I never liked taking pictures of people. I would always wait for people to get out. And now, now I'm actually looking for people to be in all of my stuff. So, <laughs> so that part has changed. And I think, but it was always, you know, you look back and you can see it was always there. And so, for for me, you know, I had a great job. I was in Long Island. The whole mortgage thing hit. I oh seven oh eight. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and I could I had opportunities to stay in the business. I was just about ready to get married to you know a wonderful woman I met and and which we did and I I I'm like well this is the Lord was calling me to something else and she was right behind it which was which was great I mean God had her in my life for a reason but but you know that sometimes you're like I can't do that because I need to be make sure I've got the good job the stable income and and so she was encouraging me to go pursue what the Lord had for me and long story short I we, she had a job offer in Arizona. I went up to f- uh, photography school in Montana and wow. became a commercial photographer, came back and worked in a lot of tourism stuff, um, you know, just doing ads and, and uh, working with different agencies and so forth and stock photos. And then I started doing film about seven years ago. And, you know, we... I was, you know, we had talked off before we started here again on, on quality, and I was, I'm a, I'm a, type A personality, but really like, really like high quality stuff. I've always, yeah, want to if it's going to be done, it needs to be done right, and I believe really strongly in that. So I, you know, we there was that, you know, wanted to know photography better than, 
and other photographers, you know, yeah. wanted to always kind of be at the top. And so as far as the quality goes, and so even by the time that we pulled out and started doing video, um, you know, we were fortunate enough to, to earn two Emmys for our first um, short video doc that we did. And so, and I think what was nice about that is it's anytime you can get that kind of uh, support from your peers yeah. versus like, you know, just friends was was really helped i think made me realize you know hey yeah we've got we've got something special here and you know how can we move forward with it remind me to ask you about the docs that you got emmys for we'll come back to that but i'm going to take a point of personal privilege here and i've got several friends back home who and it feels like and almost everybody now has a camera and thinks they're a photographer. You right. know what I mean? I do. I, and I've got, I think, one who I would call a legitimate photographer. He he does some photography for the Denver Broncos, and uh, he's a graphic designer for Western Union. So, I mean, he's got good chops. You know what I mean? Um, but for anyone listening, including my friend who's the professional, what are one or two things as a photographer that you would just say are just good tips or just like... Uh, things you've learned that would be kind of secrets of the trade that they ought to look into. I mean, you don't need to give like a tutorial on photography, but what are what are a couple things that a lot of amateur photographers or even professional photographers maybe are missing that you learned along the way that would be helpful? Well, I think, you know, that's a really great but very open question. So I think what I, what I, I think a lot of even amateurs or people that are, uh, you know, trying to shoot a lot with the camera know know what your subject is know why you're creating the why, why am i taking this photo i think a lot of i've come across a lot of people that can't answer that question wow what what is what do you want to do with this why are you doing it and some of that's the storyline but even in a still photo there's a story if you're taking a picture of the landscape and the person if is it the person then come in closer to the person what are they doing why are they there if it's the landscape back out mm. show it the landscape show it the person and know why you're doing as you do that you'll you'll become a better photographer and you know what's so funny is i just read an article this week on the importance of answering the question why and that applies to every every vocation every avenue every arena that we work in why and a lot of people are going through the motions in life the way they raise their kids, how they take photography, photographs, why they're at this conference. They're just going through and they've never really thought about why, the importance of the why. I agree. And I think even in life, and I think one of the struggles in the creative industry and for other creatives is, I, you know, I've, I've got a son and just life can really just, you know, take you by the tail sometimes. And, and I have to always you know, talk to her, remind her, I need to take it's important that I actually take time. Sometimes I might go, you know, up and to a retreat somewhere or I need to take time and keep like every six months, why am I doing it? Where am I going? What is my intention? Because you can get lost along the way if you don't if you don't redirect yourself about, you know, where God's calling you and what you're supposed to do. So let's get into this. When you first got into film and you got these Emmys for these documentaries, did you always set out into film saying, I want to do this from a Christian perspective? Or did that evolve? It evolved very much so. This is new. Going into Christian film is new for me. And to be honest with you, I stayed away. I I think I didn't see a financial path forward in Christian film just because of just, you know, things you've heard. And, and, and Christian films used to be known as a little 
you know, I hope I hope I'm not offending anyone here when I say a little hokey. You yeah, know? and so you're not. Everyone <laughs> thinks that. Okay, so. so I think you know that's that's a struggle, right? Because I think for me, I'm like, no, I I I really want to do you know really good quality stuff, and so, but there it's it's hard. It's like anything, anything good worth doing is difficult, and yeah. if it was easy, everybody would do it. So I think the for me, COVID was a giant catalyst, and this film that that we were nominated for that's you know for for here at the nrb when i was actually doing a tourism job in uh in arizona and he the gentleman that i did this short doc when this short documentary for was a friend of mine but he was going through cancer and battling cancer and i and it was his christian walk that had really inspired me and so when he was battling cancer for the third time, I, I reached out to him and said, I really would like to do this story on you. I don't know where it's going to go. And and then COVID hit. And then, you know, I kept thinking, I'd like to do Christian work, but Lord, how do I make that jump yeah. from secular to Christian? Well, when COVID hit, I, all of my work was just canceled immediately yeah. because tourism, you know, you're shooting in malls or wherever yeah. you're gone. It's all no gone. One's there. Yeah. So I felt like the Lord said to me, well, I just took away all your excuses. Now you, know? you can make the jump. Yeah. So that's when I, that's when I started, you know, looking at, okay, how do I, because the Lord had put that on my heart to say, I want to start shooting things for a reason and for a purpose. I've noticed on Netflix or Amazon prime or whatever services we get at our house, um, I am really drawn to good documentaries. I mean, I always thought I was kind of a feature film, you know, fiction guy, but some of the nonfiction stuff out there is great. I'm just curious, what are what are a couple of your, and not even Christian, but what are a couple of your favorite uh, documentaries or your favorite feature films? I mean, just to get a, a glimpse of your taste. Yeah, you know, I love, I really love stories. And so uh, I think the Marvel films are all fun, and but, but, that, that, that's not what I would just go back and watch again. You give me a really great storyline. And so, you know, everyone's going to have their own, their, their own, you know, standards as far as like, you know, what, what's in a film and do they like it? But like, uh, to me, Legends of the Fall, that's an old yeah. film with Brett. I see that, that like that father-son. Yeah. I, I really like that tension and that kind of storytelling, like say to go far back. And then even movies... So I, I have hearing uh, a, a severe hearing impairment that I wear hearing aids for, but that new movie Coda, um, that's out, and so some it's got heavy language. Some people may may not like that, but yeah. it's those kind of those kind of stories that really tell, I think, hard stories, and I think that's why they gravitate to viewers. And those are the things that that I feel people. They, they always tend to do well, especially yeah. if they're done right, because creatively, I don't, it's funny, but there's not, a, I don't see a lot of creativity coming out of Hollywood these days. And so. Yeah. Uh, my mind's going a million directions. So I'm going <laughs> to try to continue to land the plane on what we really want to talk about. And we'll get to it, which is your film and your other stuff. Were you in, were you in New York or in Long Island during 9-11? I, my wife was, I moved to New York in 9-11. I moved to New York a few months after 9-11. So. One of my favorite documentaries of all time. I'm a Yankees fan, mm-hmm. and there's a do- documentary called Nine Innings from Ground Zero okay. that HBO put out. I haven't seen it. You need to watch it, okay. I think. And, and maybe your wife would enjoy it because she was there. But it, it, you don't have to be a baseball fan or a Yankee fan. Uh, they went to the World Series that year, 
and there were a couple just crazy games that they won. They ended up losing the World Series to the Arizona Diamondbacks in 01. But um, Nine Innings from Ground Zero is a documentary about how that Yankees postseason and that World Series run was a little bit of a healing salve for the city while they dug out mm. from under the towers. Just very, very powerful. And if you had seen it, I was going to ask you to critique it I from, see. from a filmmaker standpoint, but you haven't. But I think you need to watch it. I will. Nine I absolutely will. Um, uh, the other thing I was thinking of before we come back to what you're doing, I did an interview yesterday. This gives me a chance to promote that interview with uh, Casey Bethard. Casey Bethard is a country music singer-songwriter who lives here in Nashville. I got connected with him because his son, C.J. Bethard, was the starting quarterback for the Iowa Hawkeyes and got to know a friend, a son of friends of ours who played for the Hawkeyes. And we had an interview yesterday, and he's a creative, right? So he's a singer-songwriter. And one of the questions I asked him, which is what I want to ask you, because you just referenced the movie Coda, which I'm not familiar with, and you said it had some heavy language and some people might not be into that, whatever, is from a Christian standpoint, Casey's written, do you listen to country music at all? A little, not as much, but because he, of my hearing, you know, I don't listen to it as much as I used to. So but. Casey has written uh, a few songs that are ubiquitous in country music. That, that if you were a country music fan, you would know. So Kenny Chesney, right. Eric Church, Tim McGraw, George Strait. Right, right. Big time guys. Um, Casey is a totally solid, committed follower of Christ. But I asked him, how do you navigate? Now you're doing a Christian film here. Right. So that question's kind of off the table. But before you were doing that Christian film, how do you navigate what's okay um, to do from a secular standpoint to have your name on and what's kind of out of bounds? So here's an example from yesterday's interview with Casey. Um, if you go to his Wikipedia page, it says Casey Beathard has written many country songs and lots of them center around partying and alcohol. You know, so it's right. kind of like, I don't necessarily want that to be the thing that I'm known for. He asked me when I told him that, he said, how do you change Wikipedia? <laughs> I said, that's a good question. And um, I, I'm pretty uh, open-minded or open-handed when it comes to that kind of stuff. Another example, he has a song by Eric Church that's called Hell of a View. And there are some Christians who are very strict or legalistic. And just to qualify what I'm saying, I am committed to the gospel of Jesus Christ. I believe the word of God is completely true. I believe there are moral standards or parameters that we should live within. That being said, writing a song called Hell of a View to me is not a deal breaker. It might be a deal breaker for other Christians. But as a creative Christian who's worked uh, in kind of secular work before you got into this Christian film, how have you navigated do you understand what I'm asking? I do. I think it's tough. I I think I go back to always... It's important, I think, to really... Are you, are you making decisions? Am I making decisions? I have to ask myself this all the time. Am I making decisions because it's going to help my finances somehow? Or am I making decisions because it's the right thing to do? Yeah. And we, my, my wife and I talk about this. You know, she, she might write a... Before I got into, you know, kind of doing this, the Christian film, you know, she might write a blog and she was going to do something on uh, important about uh, abortion and pro-life. And I'm like, okay, I, I, I know that I will probably lose some work, you know, if people see that 
because yeah. of just the, the, the polarizing. The way it is. Yeah. And I'm like, no, you have to do it. It's the right thing to do, you yeah. know? And so, and I'm not saying that to say, oh, you know, that was, no, that was a hard, hard decision. And I started realizing as we started making decisions that were gonna impact my career or her career, that we had to make sure that we did what was right. So only, you know, people have to make their, their judgments from the outside and, yeah. and according to God's word. I think, you know, um, what I would just say is just if we're making it to make sure we're edifying people, drawing them to Christ, yeah. then that hopefully is where our motives are. If they, if we're doing it to sell something more or to do something else, yeah. then, you know, then I, I would just say, you know, hopefully you can maybe realign and make, cause it's hard. The, the, yeah. the, the draw, once you get in here to start, Oh, can you just compromise here to do that? Can you, yeah. it's difficult. So I think, God will always honor if you follow him, but it doesn't mean it's going to be easy. Mm -hmm. So, you know, which is kind of the whole point of even like, you know, the, the doc, the documentary that we're doing, I always say doc, some, you know, people may not, yeah. um, the documentary that we're doing you know, for a purpose in suffering, but it's how God works through that because, you know, like Christian life isn't supposed to be easy. And, yeah. it, and so I think, I think sometimes it's tempting to take the easier path. So does that answer your oh, question? Oh yeah, okay. that's great. And at the end of the day, you're accountable to God. Exactly. You're not accountable to your peers. Producer. Or a producer, or even Christians who want to critique. I mean, it's like, I'm, I'm accountable to the Lord here. Yeah. More than I'm accountable to anyone. Yeah, and you want to identify with your audience, but it's but but you need, in the end of the day, look and say, hey, you know, I, I can... I can stand before God and thinking totally. I did what was right. So tell me about this doc that you're talking about. So we're working on a, a full feature doc uh, called For a Purpose, and it's basically... That's different than this. That is different from we'll, that. We'll, yeah, get the, to the, we'll get to this later. Sure. So talk about that. And so the, the, the larger doc, For a Purpose, is the short answer, I guess, is that there is a hope that's bigger than the pain. Because um, I just we were just writing a small blog uh, to basically answer that question, why? Why are we doing this? And in COVID, uh, I think a lot of people, can, more people identify with suffering and are willing to talk about it now than ever before because everyone's been hit by it. You know, they may have lost their business and a lot of small business owners have, you know, had uh, people that have lost loved ones in COVID and so all kinds of reasons. And so what what we want to do is this, this is meant to show stories of people that have been through maybe some tragic moments or really, really hard times and uh, that are, have certain struggles and to say, you know, as they lean into God, there is, there is a purpose for all this and there are miracles in the heart of people uh, that, uh, that, keep, that keep happening and, and there are miracles of the heart and even if people aren't actually I mean, I have a supernatural hearing, that uh, healing, that there is, there is actually a work uh, where, where when people lean into the Lord that, that, that you're, you can look and say, how can someone forgive something that might be unforgivable? Yeah. How can someone actually say they value their relationship with Christ even though they've gone through a, a terrible loss and that they're actually learning to love more and, and so when you look at that, I want even unbelievers to say, I may not know why suffering exists, but I can't ignore the fact that there is something supernatural going on in hearts where God is at work. And 
and then maybe you know get this conversation you know more people need to learn to talk about it and they can also realize that, that God is at work it, it's the, the world the world is full of suffering uh, but there is a God at work and I think sometimes we don't see it and no one's really you know there's books about it but I don't see a lot of visual media about it so can you give me a couple snippets from the documentary like how, how do you explore that like in the documentary interview different people who are going through suffering or a certain person or yeah so i just was uh, interviewing and it's going to be more than just physical we're going to you know talk about talk with people that have forgiven a father uh you know for abuse we're going to talk about uh, uh you know people that um that have lost the emotional suffering of having lost a child and how they can say you know I, I would do anything to have my son back but I would never trade away the relationship that that I've developed with the Lord through this and how yeah. close I am walking with him and, and that closeness I'm experiencing it's interesting because that same guy that I interviewed the singer-songwriter he had a son in 2019 who was just kind of murdered in a freak thing in downtown oh. Nashville. Oh. And um, he was able to say yesterday in our interview, I mean, obviously they grieve that. It's terrible. I mean, but they're already able to see how the Lord has used that tragedy so powerfully in their own lives. And he said, he said they're kind of a high-profile family. And so there are a bunch of people around he said they quit counting at 300 people who they know of that came to Christ as a result of the funeral, the conversations that have been had as a result of this thing. It inspired him, the singer-songwriter, to really have a hard conversation with his dad to find out, Dad, where are you at? I've right. got to know this. Um, and, and his dad, you know, kind of clarified his relationship with Christ. And so just sitting across the table from this guy, he's just a little bit more than two years out. I mean, which is a very short time in, it the, is. in the grief cycle, something that's that difficult to see the Lord's hand all over. Exactly. And I think that's a lot of people are uncomfortable sometimes, you know, to especially look someone in the face and like explore this. And, and the, everyone that I'm talking to about people come up to me and say, hey, you know, I'd love to talk about this. People, I want to talk about what God did through Suffering. through suffering and people like they don't know how to approach right so it's awkward and and i would love to just make it more okay right because oh, yeah. because i'm finding out that actually people want to do this especially those that have hurt and people think oh i don't i shouldn't approach them no they yeah. want to talk about it because god is at work god does work in it and 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 when you see that you're like okay i think i think it focuses our mind to be more eternal focus instead yeah. of temp, you know temporary and 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 i don't think we have a mindset that's that where that should be i don't want to like open up a therapy session or something <laughs> and if you don't want to if you don't want to answer this that's fine and i don't know much about filmmaking or being creative um but there's part of me that goes there's got to be something about this guy's story your story jim david's story that would lead you to do a documentary on that it, you know, it's it's there there there's definitely there are definitely parts of my life that have directed me towards this. When I was shooting a short doc uh, that's that's uh, been nominated for an award here for a Crown Award tomorrow, but when I it's just a 
nine, 10 minutes long when I was doing a, a documentary of this gentleman that was battling cancer and I'm interviewing him and he's telling me that he's thankful uh, for cancer and how God is using it in his life. And I'm, I had a surgery on my ear that made my ear worse. And for all intents and purposes, I've got, I've got one ear that hears and I need hearing aid for it. So I'm, I'm pretty much deaf without hearing aids. And, and I'm upset with God that like, how would you call me as a filmmaker when I am struggling, you know, with audio and with hearing? Yeah. And, and I'm upset with that while this guy's over here saying cancer helped his marriage and he's thankful for what it's done in his life. And wow. so I, I realized, you know, I, man, I, I just, I was not living as eternally focused as I should. Wow. And it, and it really, so I think it made me sensitive to it. And as I went, I saw the believers come around him. I saw the church at work yeah. in ways I had, you know, also never seen. And I think, again, going back to my time where I, I had been hurt by a lot of church people. Yeah. And I think God kind of helped me see where he was working. Yeah. And, and I, and I'm like people, and I, I had a huge reaction to that film where people, I mean, people were coming up saying, I want to hear more of this. That was awesome. That encouraged me. I can send that to my mom. Yeah. I can send that to here. Can you do more of this? So as we, wow. as I heard that, it just, all of, all of that kind of focused, I think, um, the combination of what was happening in my life. So I'm thinking of two people right now, and I know there are more if I thought more about it, who are fighting cancer right now. How, how do they find your documentary, that nine-minute one? Where, where can they go watch that? So it's on uh, Redeem TV. Um, they can find it there. They can also, if they go to my website, jimdavid.com, um, uh, they, can, they can look at there as and well. And what's it called? It's called A Strong Finish. A Strong Finish. Okay, well, well, we'll maybe link that if we can, or sure. link your website to the sure. show notes here. Uh, so now... Um, this other documentary that you're doing, are, are we finished talking about that, or do you want to say? Well, there's else a about this so other? if people want to go, there's a short trailer we did, and like I said, it's it's going to be more than just physical suffering. With the trailer that we released, highlights two of those. We're going to be interviewing for the rest of this year, hopefully for the film to come out in 2023. Uh, we released a new website on it just a few weeks ago, and with the trailer, it's called foraPurposeMovie.com. Do you have all your interviews lined up? I mean, not all of them. So we we're, we have, uh, you know, several more interviews uh, yeah. that are planned through the summer, um, but we're still we're still negotiating with like for two or three other people, you know, yeah. uh, for us to be part of that. Yeah. Let's talk about a strong finish. Th- this is it. This is the documentary you're talking about. Which is a feature. I'm, I'm confused because you're doing a documentary and a feature film, or they're the same thing. So the, this short film that's been nominated here, that was done a couple years this ago. This is what we just talked about. Yes. Got the cancer one. Yes. The man okay. with the right. Got it. And that encouraged that right. And so that, you know, to answer the bigger question is what in my life, and, and this film is part of that story, what in my life encouraged me to do a full feature on this topic of suffering Got that it. was one instrumental part of it and and so in light of like what was going on with my hearing as i was doing this short doc it's like everything was kind of god was using everything to funnel you know all of my energy and, and my thoughts into the importance of this bigger piece 
you know, which is going to be more than just one person, and it's going to be about God. I mean, it's about how God is walking, how people can know God through all of these things, and and the tough questions. So we want to get we want to get real when we do these kind of uh, when I any kind of film, whether it's short or long. I want it to be, you know, deep, impactful, thoughtful, and entertaining. Yes. Um, so, do you have a title for the feature one yet, or does yeah? That so that's later? what it's called for a purpose, and so okay. yep, and so okay, the, got the it. yep, it's I'm a okay. Slow here today. It's okay, and you know what? Just for for those that are listening, there's so much going on around us uh, that is vying <laughs> for our attention. Yeah. Um, so, um, just imagine. Uh, I appreciate your yeah. No, no, I will, and 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 it's okay because uh, the, but hopefully that adds to the energy of this, Absolutely. you know. And so, so, so yeah. Picture yourself surrounded by a thousand people all talking. Yeah, what, what I want to ask is just a little bit of the process. Like this, A Strong Finish has been nominated for award, an award here at NRB. Um, and I see, I, I don't have my glasses on, but I see several little things that are like award-like on, on the card that promotes this. Right. So what, what is the process by which you even get recognized and then submit for the chance to win an award and get to the point where I, I went to the awards thing last year here at NRB and I I'd never been to NRB I'd never been to the awards thing I came in late I left early just to see what it was like there's a bunch of filmmakers like you or songwriters or whatever who NRB is record radio hosts podcast maybe I'll be a podcast award winner sometimes I, I don't think so <laughs> but uh, tell me about the process of getting your name out there and, and all that i'm still learning especially on the christian side because you know like i said i the commercial but i can just what i will say is when i when i did so when when i worked in doing short docs and the ones that we won uh we received two emmys for you know it's usually client-based for me so a client would hire me hey i want you to do this and then or it was to promote uh in, in we're the film that we won the Emmys for was to promote uh, uh, a land trust and the work that they had done. And so you're working, you're working for people, you're working for clients. And going out into filmmaking is a whole different animal because you're, my, I guess I'm starting to look at it as, you know, the people that are going to watch this ultimately, the consumer, and then and how do I reach out to them? And I think one of the great things too about like, you know, the, 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 the series, The Chosen, it broke a, a lot of barriers or at least opened up the possibility of how these barriers can be broken by going right to the people to get the funding instead yeah. of just going to, you know, the, the outlets. And, and I think, because I think there is a desire to see great quality and really good and really good productions, but of course it does cost money. So to answer your your question quickly is, you know, when I did this short doc for uh, here, a strong finish, I, my only, I just wanted to tell that story. I had no, I had no idea where I was going to take it. And because that was the first non-client film I had done. And so when COVID hit, you know, I, I decided I'm going to start submitting it to film festivals. And, and then that's where you're seeing those awards. It did receive Audience Choice Best Documentary at the International Christian uh, Film and Music Festival in Orlando last summer, and it's up for a nomination here at Crown Award. So as, and I saw, again, I saw the impact of how it was changing lives, and Steve would love uh, to know, you know, if I could only, I wish I could tell him, right? Like, because he's, he's still, 
you know, his, his, what God did and the work that God did in his life is still impacting people today. Amazing. Um, I want to get back to like the quality aspect of Christian film. We talked about how it's kind of hokey, it's perceived that way. I think it's getting better. I mean, oh, absolutely, sure. absolutely. It is. Um, is that a function of there being more freedom? You know, it's kind of like the internet. You, you know, back in the day, there was like CBS, NBC, ABC. That's where you got your news. Right. Five to five thirty, bam. Well, then the internet comes along. Cable TV comes along, diversifies that. Then the internet comes along. Now you got Twitter accounts. I literally go to Twitter for my news quite a bit because right. it's more immediate. And so is it kind of the same principle in filmmaking, like more people have access to getting films out there, and so that's causing everything to get a little bit better? Or It can do both because there's also lower, there's a lower... Threshold. Yeah, barrier, to yes. entry barrier to get in. So I think it's also creating a, a you know, lackluster. But the, the demand for really good content, when you want to watch something good at the end of the day, right? So what, what you'll accept on your social media is different than when you come home on a weeknight or watch a weekend a night and you want to watch a movie or a film that's really going to move you, yes. inspire you. Yes. And you want to see, you don't want to see it, they don't want to be hokey. Yes. So I think that though there's, uh, you know, I was talking with someone this morning that I met, we had a great conversation, so they were just talking about this too. And um, there's there's a desire, I think, that that consumers and Christian consumers too want to see really good content. I think that a lot of times where where this stuff is, you know, distributed from, I think there's just well we can't afford that. We can't afford to do that. <clears throat> and I and so <clears throat> excuse me. I think that we need I think we can do better. You know, God's called us to do our best. God's called us and and so I think that we we shouldn't there, there's just more that we can do. I think a lot of assumptions are made sometimes, and, and I know business, it's all business, but at some point it needs to go back to, okay, Lord, how can you help us grow this? To, I would rather make one film that has really a huge good. impact yeah. than make 50 films that have little impact. So just being a critic, a critic of Christian films, what would you say are one or two or three specific things that need to get even better than they are. Things are moving the right direction. Things are getting better. Um, in order to kind of continue to close the gap between mainstream film and Christian film. That, there's a lot, but I think that, you know, on the production side, lighting and, and filmmaking, and you don't have to have the best cameras. You really don't. You just, but you, you need to know the craft well and, and to just... Um, you know, even in photography, when you were asking me, like, how can someone, you know, be a better photographer? But to know, like, uh, to really understand, like, it's where our eye goes, that, that dramatic look of a film can really impact. And, and, uh, and again, there's so, there are so many things, but the storytelling side of it, to take the time, not just rush through it, yeah. but, but again, you know, that costs money. Yeah. And so, yeah. and, and that's the main thing. So I don't think, some of these people too that are that are you know creating films and and there again there are some good ones you know the the uh, uh, you know that we all we all know you know like some of the new ones that come out uh was it imagine i can only imagine yeah like, you know really good stuff there that was good. so i yeah. think that i think that it's you know there's 
the, the, that shows that there is a, a demand for it. And I think, though, that it just comes down to money. And, and it's there's just not as much of it. Hollywood has a lot. I've noticed that it seems like Christian films are slowly drawing in more mainstream actors or actors who are more known. That also is probably a function of money, right? Yeah, it helps. Absolutely. You know, um, you know, as you get more names, it'll get more attention. And I think, um, you know, everything kind of all gets focused along those lines. But yeah, and, the, and there, there's, there's a, you could probably come up with like 30 different reasons on like yeah. all of it and how all of it. Is it easier or harder or is it totally different? You can't compare it to make a good Christian documentary versus a good Christian non-documentary film, whatever you call that, movie. Well, movies, that they're definitely are, you know, I mean, depending on, but they're going to be much more production, much more expensive, absolutely. You can do documentaries um, that, that documentaries are not generally going to cost as much as, say, a film, because you're not, you're not also hiring actors, actors and that's a big cost of production. So, but to do a documentary will still cost a lot of money. So, like, you know, a lot of people will, will want to do documentaries, but they're not going to want to, you know, look at the budget of what it's going to take to do one that, I, that I, I should say that I think, you know, hits a very high level. Yeah. Cool. Well, this has been great. Um, your website again? Forapurposemovie.com. Yep. And my personal website is jimdavid.com. And then, what, do you have a website for this one, too? So they can find information on that on my website. It's also being played on Redeem TV. So if they go to Redeem TV, sign up, they can watch it for free there. Um, but they've been, a, Redeem TV has been a, a, a big help for me. So if that's okay, if that's I mention great. their name here Absolutely. and just, you know, go there. Um, they've been a big supporter of me to get the word out. And, and that film through their site has impacted just way more people than I could have ever imagined. That's awesome. What are one or two prayer requests that you would have? going forward that our people can pray about and I'm going to close with prayer after you let me know yeah thank you I mean it's it's a uh, working on this when you're editing and you're reliving some of these hard stories over and over and I think just uh, it can it can get a little overwhelming sometimes you know so just to, to and the and the production side um, you know can just be very challenging so and but I would say the process of producing the film and then also you hear this a lot in Christian movies, but we do want to do this right. And to please pray that we, we're going to take our time as we're leading, asking God to, to provide the funding that we need to do it right. Awesome. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thanks again for this time with Jim David. And I pray that you would continue to bless his work, provide for him financially the resources that he needs to do this well and right. I pray that you would lead him by the power of your spirit good ideas and the ability to execute those ideas uh, if there's ever temptations to cut corners help him to not do that um, and we just pray that you would use the films that he's worked on to have great impact and greater impact and even the stuff that's kind of percolating and bouncing around in his head that hasn't made it out yet that you would lead and guide and use him I can tell looking at him he's got a lot of good years left in him and we want those to be used for your glory, for your kingdom. And so uh, we pray that you just bless him, bless his wife, and the work that they're doing. And we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hey, thanks so much for being here. Thank you. It was a pleasure. Awesome. Loved it. JimDavid.com. 
or Redeem TV. Or forapurposemovie.com. Perfect. Thanks. Thank you. The CC Podcast Conversations is part of Christian Crusaders Radio and Internet Ministry, started in 1936 and is one of America's longest-running radio ministries. We are 100% donor-funded, and donations to our ministry are tax-deductible. So if you are encouraged, challenged, or inspired by today's conversation, please consider making a donation on our website, christiancrusaders.org, or mail a check to Christian Crusaders, 7401 University Avenue, Cedar Falls, Iowa, 50613. In addition to our other podcasts, which I mentioned at the front of this episode, I want to mention two of our other ministry partners worth checking out. First, the Cedar Falls Bible Conference, equipping believers with the truth of God's Word since 1922. Visit cedarfallsbibleconference.com for free access to previous conference content or for more information about upcoming events. Second is Power to Change Digital Strategies, an online ministry partnering volunteer Christian mentors with people around the world searching the internet for answers. If you or someone you know could benefit from an anonymous online conversation with a caring Christian adult, go to issuesiface.com. Or if you would like to be a volunteer Christian mentor, please visit p2cdigital.com. That's the letter P, the number two, and the letter C, digital.com. See our episode notes for details and links, and remember to subscribe, leave a five-star rating, and write a review. God's richest blessings to you, and thanks again for listening.